All praise, glory, and honor to Jesus, that name above all names. It's the name, there's no other name by which man may be saved, but the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, and our King. Amen. What challenging times we've got in this world today. We've got all sorts of attractions. We are bombarded with information. Internet, television. The world is telling us what we should do. We have political correctness. PC. We have woke theology, the woke world. We have cancel culture. We have a situation where it's difficult to know how to navigate through all these obstacles that are facing the true follower, the true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to be careful what we say. Careful what we say in the colleges, in the universities, in the workplace. Mind your P's and Q's. Oh, you mustn't say that. You mustn't say that. Always got to be correct. Got to get it right. If you don't agree with me, well, I don't want to be your friend. Just move aside. And then we have the, and it's not apologetics as examining what the scriptures say it's apologizing for everything oh i'm sorry i said this i'm sorry i said that i'm sorry i'm sorry in fact i'm really sorry for even existing this culture that we're facing so how do we live as christians in this world how can we be the true disciple that jesus has called us to be so let jesus speak Pastor Adam invited me to share these words with you today, following on from what he left off last time. When he spoke, uh, if some of you would remember, uh, he set his message based on uh, what is recorded in all three Gospels, and it is the question that Jesus put to the f people around him, and then the question he put to those disciples with him. And he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And some said this, and some said that, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, or the lot. You know, today in this world, there's a lot of people asking that thing. Well, who, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? And he means many things to many people. But then he turned to his disciples and he said, but who do you? say that I am. And Peter came up with that most remarkable expression. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And Jesus responded to that by saying, on this, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not prevail. After that time with Jesus, the disciples, 
we see a turning point in the ministry of the Lord. And after that confession of Peter, Jesus begins to speak about his journey from there, his journey to the cross, his journey to surrendering his life to his persecutors. And we read in the scripture in Luke 9.22, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and must be killed and on the third day raised to life. He's telling them about the road that lay ahead for him. But we do read in the book of Hebrews, a very interesting scripture, it's Hebrews 12 verse 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He knew what lay ahead. Do we know what lies ahead? What is before us as we face the challenges today? And so we come to the scripture, which is part of our text for today. Then in verse 23, he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Notice daily. But we see today how the joy of the Lord, the joy of knowing him will help us as we face the challenges set before us. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? One of the problems we see in the Christian world today is that some may have received Christ as Lord and Savior, but they've just tagged that on to their normal way of life. There's not really much change in the before and the after salvation. Just like an add-on, and add it to the mix. Oh, I'm a Christian now. Oh, really? Mm. They've changed a few things, tweaked a few things. Maybe given up something, maybe started something. Maybe they're hanging out with Christian friends. Maybe going to a connect group. Maybe going to a Bible study. Ooh, that's bold. But this is a challenging scripture. It really gets us to the heart. It cuts to the heart. Deny self, pick up your cross, follow me. What does that mean? You see, there's no room in this for ego. Ego's the unholy trinity. I, me, myself. There's a war going on inside, as Paul tells us. The battle. It's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. Spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. The spirit says, yes, I'm going this way. The flesh says, you don't want to go that way. All the time, the competition. But as we follow Jesus, there are great rewards. Praise God. Do I love him more than I love myself? 
Do I love him more than I love my possessions? My name's Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, God. <laughs> Give me more. Jesus, throughout the New Testament, has these words. They repeat in all the Gospels. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. So that was part of my introduction. And now I will carry on. Is my life all about Christ or is it all about me? So this is the proposition I've got. I've already alluded to it and it is this. There is a cost to follow Jesus. But there are great rewards. Amen. So let Jesus speak. What is he saying to us? Luke chapter 9 verses 23 to 25 NIV. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? So those words are written in red in my Bible. Deny self, take up the cross, follow Jesus, and then about life itself. Father God, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit, you will help us all have a better understanding of what it is to be a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now today, I'm sure you have seen, you may have glanced over them, purchase agreements, uh, insurance policies, things from the bank, called terms and conditions. Do you ever read the terms and conditions? No, I don't want to read that stuff. Who wants to read that stuff? In any case, it's all in that very, very small print that nobody can ever see. And when you get older, you can see even less of it. I picked up out of my files, just for curiosity, the booklet that came with the debit card or credit card, the FPOS card. Terms and conditions issued by the bank. 17 pages of it. And I thought, hmm, I won't bother reading that. Because here's the thing. This wasn't in my notes. You can't change any of it if you want to. You want the card, you got the terms and the conditions. But we've got terms and conditions to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's more, they're written in red and they're in large print in my Bible. Ah, don't need a squint to look at that lot. There it is. So what is it we have to do? Deny himself. What does this mean? Well, it doesn't mean starving ourselves. It doesn't mean to say, oh, well, I, can't, I, I can only have one piece of chocolate. I, I mustn't have two. I'm going to deny myself a piece of chocolate or whatever is your bent. Coffee. No, I didn't look that way. Coffee. One, two. Oh, no, I won't have three today. I'll have two. I'll deny myself. So it's not denying yourself those things like that. It's not walking around in rags. It's not living in a cave, being a hermit with a 
a sort of some religious idea that uh, I'm doing this so that I can become more religious. See, Father God knows what we have need of. He tells us in the word of God. He says, don't even worry about tomorrow. I know about the birds. I know about the lilies. I know that they're not worried about things. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. God provides. He's He's Jehovah. He's God our provider. He's not only our provider, he's our healer. Praise God. So what is Jesus saying here? I believe he's saying, deny the right to self. Deny the right to self. Not me, but you, Lord. Not me, but you. Let him be the Lord of our lives. Let him rule our lives. Let him guide us, direct us, lead us in our lives. You see, and we can deny ourselves because of the joy set before us. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what does it mean to take up the cross daily and follow him? As we know from scripture, the cross was what Jesus carried. It was a way of Roman torture where the victims would often be called to carry their cross to the place of execution. The old rugged cross, as was said. Now some people have taken that literally, that they want to carry a cross. So there we were, I'm in church coffee morning one day in the south of Spain. Someone looked up and said, hey, look, there's a guy walking down the beachfront there. He's got a big cross, huge cross. So everybody looked. I said, oh, that's Arthur Blessed. I know him. I met him in South Africa. I'll go and run after him. I could run in those days. It was all right. It wasn't slow like now. Just could. Hey, Arthur, what are you doing? What a silly question. I'm walking down the beachfront with this cross. Can't you see what I'm doing? So. I said, hey, come and join us. We're having a church coffee morning. He came over, parked his cross outside because you couldn't bring it inside. It was too big. And there was no danger of it being stolen because you wouldn't steal anything like that, would you? But some have taken up their cross literally. Could you picture Pastor Adam saying to the congregation here, now everybody get your cross. We're all going down the... Uh, that's an idea, Pastor Mason. Everybody with a cross from Connect Church going down the... Or take it up to the trig point. No. So it's not that. But what do we see? What do we see? It's dying to self. Dying to me. And the word of God has already told us. For I've been crucified with Christ. I've, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's my life now, praise God. So for us, the, the cross is symbolic of suffering, of shame, of ridicule, of persecution, rejection. But I might add quickly once again, it's not sickness and it's not poverty. As some have thought. Some people who have 
succumb to sickness. Say, oh, I'm just carrying my cross. That's not in the word of God. I can't see a righteous God making man sick so that he could heal him. That's my theology. Doesn't work for me, that is. But we're persecuted and suffer when we stand against false teachers, false doctrine, things that are coming our way. And it's happening today in this world as we live. Reinterpretation of scriptures. Pastor Adam helped to lead us through a course on this woke theology, critical race theory and all that mush. How people have taken the very word, the living word of God, and modified it, and it's not so. So how does this apply in our lives? What about you young people at college or at varsity? How do you get along with these things when you're standing up for Jesus, when you're, you're, you've proclaimed your faith, and you're being challenged, and they say to you, I don't want to know anything about you. You're not my friend anymore. Off you go. What do we do? How do you compose? deal with that if you if you resist and hold on to your view you're sent to coventry and if you don't know what that means it means you're set aside they don't talk to you you're not my friend anymore because you're not going the way but jesus said there's a far greater reward there's a treasure in heaven for us if we lay down our lives for him we can't see a lot of it now but it's there for us what about those in the workplace those in the factories, those in the offices. As soon as you, you speak out about your faith, somebody challenges you today. How do you cope with that? It's not easy. But for the joy set before us, we can face those challenges. When I was what I was before I became what I am, I used to work in the construction industry. And... Uh, now, there's a place for you guys, the construction industry. Hello, Way. He knows. He's in it. The construction industry. You've never heard so much stuff goes on on those building sites. Foul mouth. You, it, it, it was poison. And then you come back into the office and it's all, hallelujah. <laughs> so I was doing all right in my faith until a new director arrived. And he was an atheist. And he persecuted, putting in the little snide remarks, little jibe, little thing. Things like, well, what do you Christians think about this? Just to tease, just to taunt. Well, Paul, St. Paul says, bless those, bless those who persecute you. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless her, Lord. A lot of bullying going on today. Get bullied for your faith. But Jesus said this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And there's the reward. There's the promise when we're persecuted. And the Amplified Bible, and it's amplified because you get more for your money and it speaks a little louder, says this. Comforted by inner peace and God's love. That's what blessed means. Inner peace. 
you just know inside, never mind, let it wash over me. I'm fine because I've got inner peace and I know God loves me. So we can take up our cross and follow Jesus because of the joy set before us. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Denied self, taken up the cross, what does it mean to follow? Well, it clearly means that if we're to follow, follow anything. Something has to be ahead. Something has to be in front. Uh, you could say if you were from the north of England like myself, up front. You see him up front. So when we lived in South Africa, one of the places we used to go to with the children was the Drakensberg Mountains. Not quite like anything here, but maybe the Southern Alps might relate to it. And we had a, uh, in the Royal Natal National Park, any South Africans here? No? Oh, God, yeah, one, there you go. Royal Natal National, hello, Trevor. Um, Royal Natal National Park, the Drakensberg Mountains, we had a, a, a warden, and he was the guide who would take us along these paths and trails and so on. The goal was Montesources at the top of the Drakensberg, source of the Tugela River. And uh, Cyril would lead us, and his great cry was, keep coming, keep coming. And he was up ahead, and we followed him, you see, because he knew the way. He got us to our destination. But here's the thing. Cyril knew the way, but Jesus is the way. Cyril knew of dangers, but Jesus knows the dangers. Cyril got us to our destination, but Jesus is our destination. And he will lead us in paths of righteousness. Now, some people jump ahead. They always want to run ahead. They don't want to follow. They want to be up front. I said this before. I said, if, uh, if you think you're a leader and no one's following, well, you're just out for a walk. <laughs> but our son, Paul, young Paul, he was uh, 12 at the time. He, um, he always wanted to run ahead. So he ran ahead. There was Candy and myself left behind. Well, he came back quicker than he went, ran ahead. Came back, he was quite pale. Dad, he says, I've just been confronted by a troop of baboons and the alpha male stood up in front of me. Now, when you're 12, an alpha, alpha male baboon is pretty big with teeth like that. Here's the point. Don't run ahead of Jesus. So how do we do these things? How do we manage this? How do we deny self, take up our cross, and follow him? Love is the key. God is love. Amen. Faith works by love. Amen. There's no fear in love. Amen. And so to 1 John 4, 19... We love him because he first loved him. We follow him because he loved us. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We can love him with the love that he gave to us when we gave our lives to him. Can you say amen? Praise God. Preach it, Peter. Thank you. So we can love him more than our life. We can love him more than our possessions. And if we love him, 
we will show the world that we are true disciples if we have love one for another. Do we love him? Do we love him? And so to life itself. Well, when I was what I was before I became what I am, I did some things that I now don't do. I used to fiddle with accounts. Not fiddle them, just fiddle with accounts. You accountant types know these things. Profits and losses, assets and liabilities, balance sheets. But life is in the balance today, is it not? And so to our scripture, Luke 9, 24. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? What a question, Jesus. What a question. Why would we want to give up ourselves? For that what lies ahead. For the promises. For the treasures in heaven. For the glory to come. That's why. You see, Lot, Lot's wife, she didn't want to leave it behind. And she lost the lot. Absolutely. Jesus is quite clear here. The promise, the goal, the reward. He wants us to be good investors. What are you investing in? I'm not talking stocks and shares. I'm not talking about the market with its ups and downs. I'm talking about life. Investing in life. But to invest in eternal life, we have to lose this life. We have to deny self. We have to pick up our cross and follow him. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the life that he offers, he says, the word says in John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that we may know him, the only true Christ, and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Do we know him? Do we love him? Can we follow him? Amen. If all we do on earth is to build up things for our life now, we will eventually lose everything. But if we build eternal things, we'll save our lives forever. So praise God. We can, by his grace and by his mercy, face the challenges before us today because of the joy set before us. Amen. Pastor Aaron, amen. amen. It was the great cricketer, missionary to China, India, and Africa said these words only one life soon is past only what's done for Christ will last Amen